This episode is powered by Poddex. Poddex are unique interview questions and episode starting prompts in the palm of your hand. So whether you're a new podcaster or existing broadcaster looking to grow your audience and have more meaningful conversations, you're going to want to check out Poddex. Now, if you want to get 10% off your order right now, you can go to poddex.com and type in coupon code, what's the code? Larry21. Yes, that's the code. Check out poddex.com. Take your podcast to the next level. Welcome to the True Crime Never Sleeps podcast. We dive into stories of true crime, from unsolved cold cases to historic kidnapping to gangsters and beyond. We are your source for true crime. We thank you for listening. Good morning and welcome to Coffee and Crime. I'm your host, Lawrence Lease, and today we're diving into the latest headlines from around the country. Without further ado, let's dive into today's first topic. Of course, probably the biggest news of all. The Epstein files were unsealed, with many names being uh, mentioned, including Prince Andrew, former Harvard Law Professor Alan Dershowitz, and many others. A woman who said that she was a victim of deceased convicted sex offender Jeffrey Epstein alleged in a 2016 deposition that Prince Andrew groped her at Epstein's house in New York City in 2001, according to court filings that were unsealed late Wednesday. The large cache of documents stems from a 2015 lawsuit involving the disgraced financier who died by suicide while awaiting trial on federal conspiracy in sex trafficking charges against his accomplice, Maxwell, and other related cases. The documents included a deposition from Epstein accuser Johanna Soberg, who said Prince Andrew placed his hand on her privates while posing for a group photo with several others, including Epstein and Maxwell, and a puppet bearing Andrew's likeness. Andrew has repeatedly denied any wrongdoing, and Buckingham Palace has yet to make any official comment. According to the deposition, she said, quote, They told us to get on the couch, and so Andrew and Virginia sat on the couch. They put the puppet, believe, on my own volition. And he took the puppet's hands and put it on her privates, and so Andrew put his on mine. When asked if Andrew's gesture was done in a joking manner, Hjoberg replied yes. A motion filed in the case in 2014 on behalf of an alleged victim of Epstein's identity, identified only as Jane Doe No. 3, claimed that Jane Doe No. 3 was forced to have sexual relations with Prince Andrew when she was a minor in three separate geographical locations. She herself has alleged that she was trafficked by Epstein and forced to have sex with Prince Andrew on three occasions when she was 17. In a 2022 statement issued following an out-of-court settlement, lawyers for uh, Prince Andrew said, quote, Prince Andrew intends to make a substantial donation to the victim's charity in support of victim's rights. Prince Andrew has never intended to malign the victim's character, and he accepts that she has suffered both as an established victim of abuse and as a result of unfair public attacks. The statement continued, quote, it is, un- it is known that Jeffrey Epstein trafficked countless young girls over many years. 
Prince Andrew regrets his association with Epstein and commends the bravery in other, of this victim and other survivors in standing up for themselves and others. He pledges to demonstrate his regret for his association with Epstein by supporting the fights against the evils of sex trafficking and by supporting its victims. Another person named in the documents was former, former Harvard Law Professor Alan Dershowitz. The motion filed on behalf of Jane Doe No. 3 claims, uh, quote, Epstein forced and minor Jane Doe No. 3 to have sexual relations with was, at the time, former Harvard Law Professor Alan Dershowitz, close friend of Epstein's and well-known criminal defense attorney. In addition, to in addition to being a participant in the abuse of Jane Doe No. 3 and other minors, Dershowitz was an eyewitness to the sexual abuse of many other minors by Epstein and several of Epstein's co-conspirators, further claiming that Dershowitz would later play a significant role in negotiations on behalf of Epstein. After the release of the documents, Dershowitz uh, released a public statement saying, quote, The documents prove my innocence. The woman who initially accused me subsequently stated that she may have misidentified me and she withdrew her lawsuit against me. I hope that all the documents are released, as I have always urged. The motion concerning Jane Doe No. 3 also mentions Jean-Luc Brunel, a now-deceased French model agent, described as, quote, Another person in Epstein's inner circle of friends. And the documents would allegedly, quote, bring young girls, ranging from ranging to ages young as 12, to the U.S. for sexual purposes and farm them out to his friends, including Epstein. In the documents, they're also testified that uh, Jane Doe number three, that she was told by Epstein that former President Bill Clinton, quote, likes them young, referring to girls. Clinton did not object to the unsealing of the documents. Uh, Clinton Foundation spokesman released a statement noted that Clinton has not been accused of any wrongdoing. Saying, quote, President Clinton knows nothing about the terrible crimes Jeffrey Epstein pleaded guilty to in Florida some years ago, or those with which he had been recently charged in New York. And of course, now on to our next topic, number two. The kids of German heiress reportedly were kidnapped while watching New Year fireworks with their dad. The two children are aged 13 and 10 and were at a restaurant in Denmark when they were reportedly put into two rental cars. The children of German steakhouse heiress Christina Block were reportedly kidnapped while they were watching fireworks on New Year's Eve with their father. According to the German newspaper, Clara 13 and Theodore 10 were watching fireworks at a restaurant in Denmark with their dad, Stephen Hensel, when they were kidnapped shortly after midnight local time on Monday. Hensel is the ex-husband of Block, who is the daughter of steakhouse tycoon Eugene Block, who has an estimated fortune of $330 million. Per UK newspaper The Telegraph, Danish, Danish police said a group of men knocked Hensel to the ground before attacking him and fleeing the scene with the two children in two rental cars with German license plates. It's unclear whether the kidnappers crossed the Danish border. The publication also reported that Danish police are investigating whether the kidnapping is linked to a custody battle. Block and Hensel, who moved to Denmark after the pair split, have been locked into a custody battle since their divorce in 2018. For the publication, a police official said they are investigating, quote, whether there is connection between the night's events 
the question of parental authority. German police are also involved in the investigation. Federal police spokesman said, quote, we were involved because of a possible kidnap. According to the Telegraph, Block previously told the German media that Hensel had kidnapped the two youngest, youngest children in 2021 after they failed to return to their Hamburg home after a weekend visit to Denmark. Hensel said that the children refused to return to Germany. A legal battle between the pair then ensued in both Germany and Denmark. German court system ruled that Hensel should return the children to Block. However, the Danish courts ruled that the children should remain with their father and granted Block visitation rights. As of Tuesday, there have been no sightings of the children. The authorities in Germany and Denmark have not released any further information. And now on to our next topic. <clears throat> Excuse me. A defendant is facing new charges after his attack on a Nevada judge is caught on video. Moments after a defendant in a felony battery case tried to convince a Nevada judge he was turning his life around, didn't need to be locked up, his sentencing went sideways. He leaped over a defense table and the judge's bench, landing atop her and launching a bloody brawl with court officials and attorneys. The violent scene on Wednesday was captured by courtroom video showing Clark County District Judge Mary Kay falling back from her seat against the wall as the defendant leaped over the judge's bench, grabbed her hair, and an American flag toppled over them. The judge suffered some injuries but was not hospitalized, according to the court officials. The defendant uh, was jailed on $54,000 bail and refused to return to court on Thursday on new charges, so a judge rescheduled his next appearance for January 9th. Uh, the defendant, Redden, had to be wrestled off the judge Wednesday by several court and jail official officers and courtroom staff members, including some who were seen throwing punches. One, one courtroom marshal was hospitalized for treatment of a bloody gash on his forehead and a dislocated shoulder. Clark County District Attorney Steve Wolfson said prosecutors are reviewing the courtroom incident to determine what additional charges the defendant will face. He said um, the criminal record includes three prior felonies and nine misdemeanor convictions, mostly for violent offenses, and should be ordered held without bail as an extreme danger to the community and a flight risk. The defendant was not in custody when he arrived at court Wednesday. He wore a white shirt and dark pants as he stood next to his um, lawyers asking the judge for leniency while describing himself as a quote, person who never stops trying to do the right thing, no matter how hard it is. He said, quote, I'm not a rebellious person, later adding that he didn't think he should be sent to prison. Quote, but if it's appropriate for you, then you have to do what you have to do. As the judge made it clear she intended to put him behind bars and the court martial moved to handcuff him, he yelled, ex um, he yelled some uh, colorful language and charged forward amid screams from people who had been sitting with him in the courtroom audience. Records show that he lives in Las Vegas and was evaluated and found mentally competent to stay in trial before pleading guilty in November to a reduced charge of attempted battery causing substantial bodily harm and a baseball bat attack. He previously served prison time in Nevada on a domestic battery conviction, and Judge Holtus was a career prosecutor with more than 27 years of Court, courthouse experience when she was elected to the state court bench in 2018.
And now our next topic. Excuse me. New Jersey mom was shot dead outside a mosque and no suspect or motive has been identified. New Jersey mom has died after being shot outside a Newark mosque early on Wednesday morning, and authorities have yet to identify a suspect or motive for the attack. There's no indication that the shooting was a bias-motivated crime or an act of domestic terrorism based on the evidence collected so far in the investigation. New Jersey Attorney General Matthew Plankin's office would not typically reveal the type of information at such an early stage, <clears throat> excuse me, but he said he was doing so in light of the recent surge in bias incidents against various, various faiths, especially the Muslim community. The imam killed on Wednesday, Hassan Sharif, was shot multiple times shortly after 6 a.m. in his vehicle outside his mosque in Newark. Theodore, uh, uh, reported by Essex County Prosecutor Theodore Stevens at a press conference. Sharif died from his injuries at a local hospital on Wednesday afternoon. Anti-Semitic and Islamophobic incidents have surged across the U.S. since the October 7th Hamas attack on Israel and the Israeli military response in Gaza. As a consequence, the U.S. Department of Homeland Security in December issued security guidance for faith-based communities. The agency's recommendations including, included developing a security plan, putting an individual on a committee in charge of security, completing risk assessment, coordinating with local community, and identifying available resources. Since October 7th, authorities have beefed up the presence of law enforcement at all houses of worship in New Jersey, but especially mosques and synagogues. New Jersey Public Safety Director Fritz Fraj echoed statements by the investigators that nothing so far has indicated that the shooter was motivated by bias, but said investigators were pursuing all leads as they continue probing the incident. And before we wrap up this episode, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Birch Gold. In uncertain times, seek timeless security. Birch Gold, the trusted protectors of wealth, your ally in prosperity, expert guidance, personalized care, lasting peace of mind. Join thousands securing their future with Birch Gold. Claim your free information kit in the link in the description and secure your future today. Birch Gold, fortify your wealth. Uncertain times like we're living right now, best investment is in gold. And with Birch Gold, you can help protect your IRA or 401k and move it into gold. Use the link in the description and receive your free kit today. And of course, let us know your thoughts in the comments section below. You can support the channel by hitting that subscribe button. Give us a thumbs up if you like our video. You can buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash TCNS. And as always, leave us a comment in the comment section below. Your support helps the channel grow. And hopefully one day take this show on the road. As always, thank you so much for watching and listening. We'll see you next time on Coffee and Crime. You have been listening to the True Crime Never Sleeps Podcast. Thank you for listening. You can follow us on Facebook at True Crime Never Sleeps Podcast and on Twitter at True Crime NS. And follow us on Instagram at True Crime Never Sleeps. Thanks for watching. If you want to support the show, Buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash TCNN or become a patron at patreon.com slash true crime never sleeps.